I am your special guest speaker this morning, Pastor Barb. Our senior pastor said, hey, could you do the Father's Day? I said, I'd love to do a Father's Day message. So um, let's, let's get right into it. You know, I think, I think part of the problems that we're dealing with in modern society is not the system. It's not the system. It's the family. It's the family. I don't know if you're aware of this. Let me, let me read it because I wrote it down. I was a little bit shocked that 25% of children in the U.S. live in a household with a mother alone, no father in the home. That's over 18 million children that are being raised without fathers. You see, the battle is won in the home. The battle for your children is won in the home. And some of you in this room could say, well, you know, it didn't work out with, you know, hoo-hoo and hoo-ho and whatever. And I get that. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be there for that child. Yes, that ex may, you know, drag you through hell and back, and who knows what the circumstances are. I've, I've probably heard them all in 30 years of ministry. But at the end of the day, make it about that child. Make it about those children. Don't make it about the, the, the conflict. Don't make it about the indifferences. Make it about those children. If I were to name this, this, I have a title for this message, which I don't. It's just a Father's Day message. That's what it'll show up as on, uh, online. But what I would say is, I am glad that I know that I know my father. There's nothing more satisfying to me than that. I am glad that I know that I know my father. And when you get that, it's like, wow, you know, I could know God like God knows me. But more importantly, you could also learn that you would want to know yourself as God knows you. You see, he is a father. He's an everlasting father. I grew up in a home without a father. I grew up in a home where, you know, I was the oldest of four kids in the household, and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I had no idea. All I knew was is that I had to step up in that moment to become something for my uh, sisters and my brother. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I can remember as a young man not knowing what my purpose was, not knowing a direction for my life, not knowing what I was going to accomplish, if anything, in my life. If I were to tell you what I thought at that age, I would tell you this, that I would, I would somehow get a job at General Motors, we're from a GM town, and that I would get married, have a couple of kids, get divorced. That was my plan. I didn't have a plan beyond that. But I tell you this much. I, I read in the, I, I got radically born again. I had no reason to get born again. I, I mean, I was living my life the way I lived it. Many of you know my dad and, you know, he, the struggles that he deals with. And I didn't really want anything to do with God for a lot of those kinds of reasons. I told God that, that, listen, I, I have no need for you in my life because I see what I see and I, I don't want any of that. And I ran from God. But I'll tell you one thing, my dad 
prayed for me and my brothers and sisters. I didn't have to know him because he knew that he knew God. And he, his prayers, I'm telling you, it, it never convicted me. It never, I, I, I wanted to get further and further away from it. Because you know what? When the presence of a real father comes into your life, I'm not talking about just the physical nature of a father. I'm talking about the presence of a father comes into your life. And that could come from abroad. That could come intimately. When that comes into your life, I'm telling you, that father figure wants to make a difference in your life. And so my dad prayed that I would get born again. And guess what? I was living my own life, a very young man. I'll never forget it as long as the day as I'll ever live. I woke up one morning and I heard the Spirit of God. Didn't know God from a fence post. I heard the Spirit of God. He told me to quit my job and to move to, to Delavan, Wisconsin. And I thought, I'm going to do that. And I literally that day called my boss. I said, I'm not coming into work. What do you mean you're not coming? To I said, I am not coming to work. I looked at my roommate and I said, I am leaving. He said, thank God. <laughs> and I packed all my stuff in my little Geo Metro. 150 bucks in my pocket. And I drove to Delavan, Wisconsin. And you know, when I got there, I only knew one person there. I knew one person, and it was a friend of my dad's. You see, the Father will make a way, okay? you you got to hear this by the Spirit of God. You're not what has happened to you in your past. you got to let all that go. Let it all go. As good as it was or as bad as it was, you need to release yourself from all of that because God, your Father, has a plan for you in your life. But I'll, I remember knocking at that door. It was probably 11 o'clock in the morning, just before noon, knocking at the door, not expecting anybody to be home. And a gentleman by the name of David Helverson opened that door. And I said, hey, I'm Paul. I'm Mike's son. He says, wow, come on in. He invited me in. And I want you to know that he ministered to me, him and his wife Sharon ministered to me in such a way that it led me to a dynamic change in my life where I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, where I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where, where everything that I thought that I never would become became something within a week's time. And from there, I met my wife. And from there, we moved to, well, we moved to Clinton. And then we heard Bishop Jerry Pruitt on the radio. And I'll tell you, we went to that church, and I was still in a resistant life. I, I'm not going to tell you. It was all a, a bed of roses. But the prayers of a righteous man, hear this, availeth much. Never, never as a father think that you're too far away. Never as a father think that there's too much distance between you and your children. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. I stand here today as a direct uh, uh, possibility because of my dad's prayers. I stand here today.
And I'm telling you, obviously God led me and he brought me to Bishop and Pastor Glory and Pastor Barb and all of the things that have happened in my life. But at the end of the day, if my dad did not pray the way he prayed, not knowing what I would do, I would not be standing here today. So for you men out there, the first of my message is this. Pray for your children. Never lose hope. God has a plan for those kids. A plan. A definite, major plan for their lives. And they're never going to be able to accomplish it without him. So I encourage you, whether you got kids that are in your 30s, 40s, and 50s, pray for those kids. They're still your children. Never give up on that. And remember, you need to be glad that you know that you know God. Be glad that you know that you know that. And if you don't know that you know that, you've got to get to that point. And it's not like you're convincing yourself. You're not, you can't convince yourself. You just say it by faith. I know that I know my Father. I know that I know my father. I know that I, in every circumstance you're going to face, I know that I know my father. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 says, God the Father knew you, and he chose you a long time ago. And his spirit has made you holy. You got to hear that, man. Sometimes we as men, and I don't want to just make this about fathers and men and all that kind of stuff, but what I do know about men is we're not as quite as spiritual as women are a lot of times. And I want to encourage you in, in 2020, this year of miracles, I want to encourage you to know that you know God. Have developed that kind of relationship with God. Don't live passively through your wife. Don't live passively through a religious experience any longer. Tear all that down. Begin to rise up as a man of God in your household and begin to walk as a man of God. And you know what? You could say, and listen, I'm a man, so I get it. You could say, but it feels so uncomfortable. You know, it's been so long, and my wife's always run the, you know, the thing, and got us, you know, to church, and did all of those kinds of things. Let it all go. Do what God knew you to be, as a man of God, a priest of your own home, and God will lead you. It says, as a result, and I love that, the result that God knew you, a long time ago, the result of that is that you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more and more and more and more grace in your life. To do what? To be the man that God has called you to become. Yeah, but I did this and I did that and it feels uncomfortable and, you know, I, I haven't been that way. Listen, all you got to do is change. All you got to do is say, I've had enough of, of, of the mediocre lifestyle that I'm living for God and I'm ready to know him. I want to know him. I want to have an anchor in my life. I want to have a father in my life, maybe a father that you never had. I want to have that father in my life. Because one thing I know, being a child... And not knowing my father was a challenging thing. 
And here's what I'm going to tell you. It's the same with God. Is that when, when you don't have that knowing, you take the guilt and the shame upon your own life. And you say, well, you know, I did this and I did that and whatever. I remember as a kid not having my dad in my home, thinking that I did something wrong that made my parents go in two different directions. I can remember praying at night, God, please, you know, just bring them back together. And I mean, it was like with all my heart, it's all I knew. It's like, I just want that to come back together. Think about that kind of thing. And many of you didn't grow up without fathers. But even the distance that you had, even in the home, the father that didn't stand up to be the man of God that he could have, you can right all those wrongs. You can become something so powerful in the kingdom of God as a man of God and as a father so that your kids don't have a chance of becoming the statistic of 25% of them that are not going to have a father. You can make that difference. You can be the catalyst so that whatever the system is going to do is what the system's going to do. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to do it God's way. And I'll tell you, God is going to make a way where there seems to be no way. You are the miracle in your home. You are the miracle to your wife. You are the miracle to those children. And I'm telling you, if you'll just grab a hold of what I'm talking about this morning, that God foreknew you a long time ago and predestined you to become who God called you to become, you can let go of all the other lies, all the other distractions, all of the other what-ifs, and could have, would have, should have, born on this side of the track or that side of the track. You can let go of race. You can let go of all of those things. And you can say, no, I'm a man of God, called by God, equipped by God. And you know what? I may not see my way out of this wet paper sack just yet, but praise the Lord, I'm going to keep knowing God. And God's going to make the way where I can't see. God's going to open the door that I cannot open myself. You are a man of God. Some of you yet aren't fathers yet, but I'm here to tell you, God's equipped you to be one. You're everything that a father could be. You're believing for a spouse. You're believing for you know, a, a, a connection with another Christian man or woman of God. Listen, you've got to both understand before you ever get there that you're fully equipped for all of it. You think, oh, man, it's so overwhelming. And, you know, uh, is this my side of the sink over here? Is that hers over there? I mean, what are, what are all these, these attachments for the hair thing? And, I mean, you'll go nuts looking at all this stuff. But even in all of that, she's fully equipped to be a woman of God. Fully equipped to be a masterpiece of God. Fully equipped to be a wife like you've never had before. But you know what? It's going to take a real man to stand up and lead the way. I promise you, it, the, the, the couples in here, the women are just like, man, I wish I could just get my man motivated, you know, to just live for God and, you know, the whole thing. And, and she's trying to push you out there on the ledge, and then that makes you feel uncomfortable. And, well, wait a second here. This is too far and whatever. Let it all go, guys. Don't wait for her to push you out there. Just jump out there. Jump in all the way. Let God be God in your life. Let yourself, I mean, blossom into the most amazing 
amazing man of God, the most amazing father, the most amazing grandfather for some of you in this room, the most amazing great-grandfather you could ever become. Oh, those kids don't want anything to do with me. Yes, they do. They may tell you they don't want you in their life, but I promise you, I promise you, if you erased yourself out of that situation, they would get up every day and beg God to have a father in their life. Be that father. Change, man. Grab a hold of God. Let go of everything else. Let God be God in your life. Romans 8, 15 through 17. It says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful. Slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you. Adoption papers signed with the blood of Jesus. When he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit, hear this, his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm, or the result of that, that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, I love that statement, in fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share in his suffering. I promise you the most of the suffering that the world endures is not uh, uh, just the suffering of not being able to pay a bill or whatever those kinds of things are. The real suffering comes into play when you are fighting and resisting the nature of God and who he intended you to become. And most people are going to talk themselves out of the promise, because you're, you're a child of God now, adopted, I mean, you're going to, if you're not careful, you'll talk yourself out of becoming the man of God that God has called you and equipped you to become. And this is where the suffering comes in. This is where the fight is. This is where you've got to look at the word of God and say, all right, that's what the word of God says about me. And God has affirmed, you know, that I am his child and that his spirit bears witness with my spirit. Can you get up every day as a man of God and declare that over your life, over your family, and do what God has called you to do? I'll tell you, there's so much God has in store, meaning promised as an heir, as a child of his, that he's already pre-promised. But again, most of us, when we get up, we're going to look at our circumstances and say, oh, man, you know, I'm never going to get that job. Oh, man, I'm never going to, you know, amount to this or get that. Or I'm never going to find the right woman to get married to. Or I'm never going to be the father that these kids want me to be. Or I'm never going to do this and I'm never going to do that. But listen to me, men of God, it's not about how great you are. It's about how great God already is and that he's actually shared his glory with you to smooth out all of the inadequacies that you have in the natural, in the flesh. You're not called just to be there to, you know, sit down and have dinner every night. You're called to be a father. And sometimes, I tell you, I haven't found the manual on how to be a good father. There's lots of good books out there you could read and all of that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, if you don't know that you know God, how will you ever become the father God intended you to become? 
It's a finished work. God's already done it. He's already made the way for you as a father. And he wants you to be that. He wants you to know that you're going to need him in that relationship with your son and your daughter. And that they can't stray so far that God can't draw them back in. You as men in your home have the authority over your family. And God has given that to you. As much as God has authority over you as his child, you have the same level of authority in your household. And then when you can take that authority, when you can put that mantle on, I'm telling you, God will move on that situation. Some of you have stepchildren. Thank you, men, for stepping up and becoming a father to those kids. Thank you. You can make that difference. You're already equipped to do what needs to be done. Some of you may not have any kids and you're, you know, you're beyond the age of, of having kids or whatever. Listen, you still have a relationship with the father. You still have the opportunity to mentor other young people who don't have fathers. You could do that. It's already in you to be a father. It's already there. It's, it's already built in. As much as a mother, is, it's already built in to have that baby and do all that stuff. It's already built into the man to be the father that God has called you to become. Reach for that glory in your life. Galatians uh, 4, 1 through 7. It says, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up even though they actually own everything their father had. So what he's talking about is when you're young, you don't get the full bundle, right? you gotta, you got to relax for a little bit, learn what the business is, and then, then you can get the stuff. It says they have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father has set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children we were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when, everybody say this, but when the right time came, and right now is your time, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the stuff we could do in and of ourselves, right? Serving the law, being a good person, doing all of those kinds of things so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. You, uh, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. You see, everything that God has, he's now shared with you. No matter how low the valley gets, no matter how high the mountain looks, God has already shared all that he is through Jesus to your life, to your situation, your way of accomplishing what God has for you in your life. I'm going to skip the 2 Corinthians 2, 1 through 16. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 13, 11 through 13. It says this. When I was a child, 
I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put childish things away. Now we see things perfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. God knows you completely. So those of you who grew up without a fa your father in the home, God still knows you completely. You see, he doesn't know you partially like you know yourself partially right now. He doesn't know you based on the fact that your father didn't do what your father should have done. He knows you how? Completely. All of the mis- uh, communications, all of the things where your dad dropped the ball, all of the things where you thought, gosh, I thought my dad was this, and then he's, he was that. All of that. How does, your, how does God know your dad? Completely. He knows him completely. And when you can know that you know God, then you can see yourself completely, and you can see your father completely. It's no longer him not measuring up. It's no longer him who left you and your mother. It's no longer, you know, him who, who, who didn't, you know, give you the best, you know, birthday gift or whatever that was. It wasn't him who, who told you and spoke negatively over your life and told you you weren't going to be, you know, anything and all that. No, no, no. God doesn't see that father that way. God sees him completely because the completeness of that man is complete in God. It doesn't mean that that man reached for that. It doesn't mean that that man brought that to life in his own life. What it means is, is he was still complete. Every one of you, hear me by the Spirit of God, every one of you men, every one of you women as, as mothers, you're complete. Complete. It's daunting sometimes. Some of the things that we face as fathers or mothers or, or grandparents or whatever it might be, it, you get the bad news, right? You get the bad phone call. You even need to see your children as complete. You need to lead them as if they are complete. You need to see them in a complete way. You need to pray in such a way that you can see the completeness of God on their behalf, that they are going to manifest that. Just like my dad prayed for me. He prayed that I would become complete in Christ. And at first I, you know, didn't understand that. I thought, well, I'll just come to Christ and, you know, I'll live a religious life. But then all of a sudden, the reality of who Christ is started to manifest in my life. That's what every man, that's what every father needs to be in their household. If you don't have an intimate relationship with the Father, the one that wants to share his glory with you, the one that wants to, to, to manifest himself in such a way to bring perfect clarity about yourself, about him, and about 
every person you're going to come in contact with. If you don't have clarity on that, you're going to walk into every situation. You're going to see the negative circumstance, which is where you're going to start to talk yourself out of the promise of the completeness of them, of you, and of God over you. That is the battle. That is the battle. It is to renew your mind as to who you are in Christ on your best day, your worst day, and every day in between. It's to say, you know what? I may not get a Father's Day card today. I may not get, you know, my kids to even call me today. You're still complete. Hear this by the Spirit of God. You are still complete as a father. You need to maintain that presence of God, that glory of God in your life so that you're not going to get tripped up by what someone else is going to do in their way of being incomplete. Because if you're not careful, you'll judge that person. And the Bible says don't judge lest you be judged. You've got to let that stuff go. You've got to see that young man or that young woman as complete in Christ. And I'll tell you, that is can be a challenge. That can be a challenge. But you know what? When you understand this whole message about understanding that I know that I know I know God. I know that. If you don't know that yet, and when I say that I know that I know him, it's that there's nothing that's going to stop me from becoming everything that God wants me to become. It may be difficult on my mind. It may be difficult on my flesh. It may be difficult for me to, 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 to express that in a way that I really believe it. But I want to push you guys that far. I want you guys to understand that, you know what, I could come to the edge of this thing, uh, this stage, and think that I'm standing on the, on the floor, but I'm not. There's still another place that God wants me to go. You see, don't allow the circumstances to rob you of the completeness of your children, of your spouse, of yourself, and of God. You are complete in him. Without that influence, without that belief, you are stuck in a rut. You, you're you're going you're gonna to end up going full circle only to hit the same thing over and over and over again. And my challenge to every father, every father who wants to be a father, every father who's raised kids and they're all adults now, you know what? Don't allow that cycle to rob you of the completeness of who you are in Christ. You are a brand new creation in him. Behold, everything's becoming new. And it's not because of all the efforts you're going to put in. You got to do what you got to do. You got to put your skin in the game. But if you're depending on just your skin in the game, it's not going to be enough. Because what you can do in and of yourself is not the same thing that I'm talking about. I'm talking about going from a natural to a supernatural life. One in which your kids would absolutely, undeniably have to look at your life and say, all I know about my dad is that he loved the Lord and that he served God. I'm telling you. 
And that is, that is powerful in and of itself. And you could say, well, I don't have that right now. I said the wrong things. I did the wrong things. You know, I, I wasn't there for my kids. Let it all go. Everybody said, let it go. You know, the Bible says that if you ask God to forgive you, he is faithful to forgive you. It says that when he does forgive you, it's as far as the east is from the west. And as far as I know, those two things never come together. And you, again, that's part of your, what? Completeness in God. You are a complete father. You are a complete son. You are a complete daughter. There's nothing, nothing in the world that can separate you from the completeness in which God has created you in, except your willingness to not accept that in your life. No matter what your dad has done, no matter what your dad has not done, it does not negate the completeness of who God is in your life. He's going to stick closer than a brother. He's going to be the father that you never had. But you're going to have to know that you know him. I'm going to go ahead and close this service in prayer. I want us to all stand if we could. Just really want to honor every father in this room, every grandfather in this room, every father to be in this room, the completeness of that. That's what I want to honor even more than the person, but the completeness of who a man of God truly is. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for this incredible opportunity to come together as the body of Christ. I thank you, Father God, for making every man complete in you, Father God, and for sharing his, your glory in their lives, Father. May they see themselves, Father God, as you see them. And more importantly, may they see themselves the way you see them. I thank you for your presence in their lives. I thank you that it grows stronger and stronger and stronger and that the glory of God precedes them in everything that they do, Father God. I thank you that they'll cast all of their cares upon you because you cared for them, Father. Thank you for adopting every single person in this room into your kingdom. I thank you for every person in this room, Father, that um, knows Christ, but I also want to make sure every person in this room has an intimate relationship with you. Let's say this prayer together and let's receive Christ as our Lord and Savior once and for all this morning. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Make me righteous. Make me complete. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.